We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Say better today, Chad. You know, I love potting with Scott and all, but it's not the MHH podcast if it's not Chad and Zach. Chad on the web, Zach on the right. It's Everything's back to normal, and nature is healing for at least one day. Yeah, dude. I, I always I feel like I'm eating my heart out when I miss one because, you know, it's like, man, I wish I was on. But I had some family stuff going on last night that – uh I was obliged to um, participate in. So thank you for holding it down. Scott, not with us tonight because he's kind of like I did last night. He's chasing down a a thing with his kids. He's got to be there for. And sometimes that's just the way it goes. And especially, Zach, when it's the summer, we kind of let it go that way. But we always got to be there for our kids. But we also try to really be there for you guys. We got to talk about some things, though. All right. We got a a few topics key uh, that are queued up. But, Zach, because Troy jumped in bright and early with a super chat before we even went live, let's grab this real quick. Because Troy, got to tell you, man, you've become so consistent. I have a sneaking suspicion, Zach, that by the time we get through the end of the 2023 calendar year and we tally up who the 20 Mount Rushmores, our Mount Rushmore is massive, right? Because it's mile high, all right? Mile high Mount Rushmore. Um, I, I'm, I'm having a sneaking suspicion Troy's going to be on that bad boy just with how prolific he's become but troy really appreciate you bro he says hey guys how many undrafted rookies actually make the roster if two or more do then our draft meaning draft plus the signings look great will jl skinner be ready for camp sorry so scattered have a great show zach uh what what do you think about uh skinner is he is he gonna be good to go after tearing that what was it i'm trying to remember a peck right before uh-huh. the the combine First of all, we need a nickname for Troy because you're right. He'll be on the Mount Rushmore before long, and he's becoming quite the foundational member of the podcast. Definitely appreciate you, Troy, each and every night. Uh, We haven't heard much about Skinner, at least compared to like um, Javante Williams or uh, Tim Patrick. It's coming along as it should, I feel, and they might work him in slowly. Fortunately, he doesn't have to get starters reps or even number two reps. He's going to be a backup safety and a core special teamer in year one. And they can work that in at any point. I haven't heard PUP for JL Skinner as a possibility. You can't rule it out considering when he suffered the injury. But um, so far, so good, I think, in his recovery from that injury. From everything we've heard, it sounds like the Broncos expect him to be available for some of camp. I think you'll definitely see him in the preseason. I My expectation, Zach, is we'll see Skinner like, you know, first week goes by of camp and they'll kind of work him in and then all of a sudden he'll just be in. Like he'll just be doing right. it every every practice. But on the subject of how many rookies, uh, pardon, undrafted rookies make the roster, that's a really good question. I think it's a pretty safe bet, Zach, to wager that one will because in 18 of the last 19 years, the Broncos have had a undrafted rookie make the the 53-man roster out of training camp. So it's a safe bet. Is it a guarantee? No. But there are some prime candidates. I wrote an article today, Zach, six uh, six undrafted rookies every Broncos fan should know before uh, training camp. 
And the number one that comes to mind, even though he's not the guy, Zach, that took home the biggest guaranteed contract for an undrafted rookie for the Broncos or the biggest signing bonus either, but Jalil McLaughlin is the guy that rises for me to the very top of the list. And a big reason for that, running back out of uh, Youngtown, Youngstown State, a big reason for that is not only his um, ability, right? He's he's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, I know it was kind of small school, uh, the critiques around his small school resume coming out of college. But, dude, this cat put together over 3,000 yards rushing and receiving in his last two years in college, plus nearly 30 touchdowns. And he's kind of like a Darren Sproles, Zach, but like mm-hmm. I think a more prolific runner, like has more power to it. But he is smaller like that. Like Sproles, you know, he was 5'6", 190. This cat's like 5'7", 187, like a little bit thinner. Uh, but, Zach, also the uh, running back depth chart. Once you get past Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan, there are a couple maybe like favorites that like Tony Jones because of his history, but really it's pretty wide open, dude. So I think he's he raises rises to the top uh, as a possibility. And then on defense, real quick, throw two names at you: Thomas Incun, the rush linebacker, and um, uh, Art Green, the corner. Those two guys I'm looking at. So as many as three could. I'm not expecting that. But I would not be stunned if two actually made it this year. Uh, agreed on every single count. You took the three players that I was going to name. That's not a cop out. I actually was. Um, I had a whole you know spiel for that. McLaughlin is intriguing because he is what Samaji Pirine and Javante Williams aren't. Williams and Pirine are are halfbacks. Julio McLaughlin is a scat back. Like you mentioned, Darren Sproles. You need that home run hitter, the running back with a little bit of electricity to his game, uh, someone that can just house a carry and uh, not have to worry about power, and he has more speed. You need that complement, the lightning to the thunder. So I think McLaughlin is almost a lock, provided that Tony Jones doesn't go off in camp and go crazy and cement that RB3 spot. I think McLaughlin by far has the best odds. You talked about Incoom. I could see it. I think he's more of a practice squad guy. Art Green, you know, running back, the path to playing time is wide open. How about cornerback? You know, you get past uh, Sertan, Damari Mathis, K1, and Riley Moss. Who else do you really have? I'm not crazy about a saying Bassey. I mean, I like Jaquan McMillian, but if Art Green shows better, then I want him on the 53. One more guy I can think of, top of my head, that has some sort of, of shot is someone that Sean Payton talked about by name, and that's Nate Adkins, the uh, fullback tight end hybrid. I wrote a story about him, and it's interesting because he compares so favorably to Andrew Beck, the former three-year-long Bronco, because he's that dual threat. He can be in the backfield. He can line up in line. And let me tell you something. Sean Payton loves those type of players. I don't know how great his odds are because there's other veterans ahead of him, but you get past Dulcich, Manhurst and Troutman, okay, they were pickups. Alberto, we don't know anything about. And then Nate Atkins is the last guy. Yeah, it's put up or shut up time for Alberto, which is why a guy like Atkins, you know, especially when the, the coach is talking about him, he's a guy that, another name, I'll put him as an honorable mention for my article earlier that I did not mention, but I'll put him in it now, posthumously, so to speak. That's not a good way of putting it. Um, Adkins, keep an eye on this cat. David, thank you, brother, for uh, jumping in early with a super chat. So great to see you. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, 18 days. See? I mean, already, Zach, it's only 18. 18 still feels like a long time and kind of is, you know, almost three weeks, whatever. But only 18 days. And we're going to be talking about Broncos training camp. It's going to be dope. So, David, so, so great to see you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Jersey on the way. So we'll be looking for that. Well, it's ordered anyway. Uh, I'll let you know when it ships. Uh, Zeus McPeak in the house. Always a joy. Always a pleasure. Always an honor, to be frank, to see Stu McPeak uh, in, the, in, the, in the chat. He is actually the first face. Ash. When we talk about the MHH Mount Rushmore for Super Chat Superstars, Zeus, Zach, started it all. Not till I go on a long tangent going down memory lane, but like, this whole model that we created around our podcast being live streams every night, it was basically created and inspired based on this man right here, Zeus McPeak. So yes. great to see you, brother. I hope we get to uh, hang out in October at the meet and greet. Hope we get to see you there, bud. 
you know, last time you popped up, Stu, about a week ago, I my voice was being lost and Chad had to do it for me, but I got to do this for you. It's been a while. Zeus! So good to see you, man. Appreciate you as always. Still hope you're doing good. And like Chad said, we hope to see you at the meet and greet on October 22nd. John, are they usually this late? No, we're not usually this late. Sorry, bro. Um, tonight we had uh, so good news. So so here's the bad news. We're late, right? But the good news is we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, first of all, the reason we're late without boring you, some technical things we're working through, but the good news is I finally succumbed. I finally bit the bullet. Even though uh, Scott and I have like as high quality a PC uh, that you can get seriously and highest speed internet that is available to mankind where I'm, where I live anyway, we have these, uh, th what we've learned is that some kind of an interaction with our graphics card and our graphics card should be able to handle this stuff with StreamYard and all that without the delay and the lags and stuff. And yet it continues to happen really mainly Zach for just Scott and I, and it's not that big of, a, as you guys know, I'm not a big believer in coincidence. Scott and I actually have basically the same rig. I got the one I got because he's like, get this one. And I trust what he had to say, but it still keeps doing its thing. So Zach, I finally succumbed. I was telling him before we went live, we were talking about it a little bit and I ordered a Mac because that's what Zach rocks and he never lags. He never lags. So guys, uh, you won't have to suffer through any of that stuff much longer. Trust on that. Um, real quick, Zach, Sam Bam, bro. Great to see you. Thank, Thank you for you, the super. He says, uh, hey, Chad and Zach, looking forward to training camp and the season. He's saying 11 and 6 at worst, Zach. Go Broncos. Sam, I love your optimism. 11 and 6 at worst. Uh, at worst, you know, I'm not going to fall personally into that trap again because um, I have such bad PTSD from last year when I was saying the same thing in the Nathaniel Hackett era that, you know, 12 and 5, 13 and 4, take down Kansas City, win the Super Bowl. I was buying all in. I want to give it a little time. I'm as optimistic as I, as any Broncos fan can be, but nine and eight, I think at worst to me is a little more realistic for this year's Broncos team. But regardless, they could double their win total from the yeah. previous season easily. And that's exciting. I like nine wins as kind of the over under for, and there's a plausible reason for that. Like I could see them honestly, unless Zach, 
they end up having, once again, the Broncos, terrible luck relative to the injury bug, which I just don't see it happening this time. I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Eventually, this this streak snaps, and I think they made the right moves with the executive stuff and the, and the strength and conditioning changes that Sean Payton made, that this is where it ends. So I'm not expecting there to be injury problems. So without injury problems, you know, I mean, you're going to get injuries. But I just mean not like the worst in the league and having 60, 70 million in salary cap dollars chilling on IR. I see nine wins as kind of that sweet spot. I don't want to say floor quite floor, but like yeah. nine to 10 wins. And anything above that, of course, would be gravy. Mike, so good to see you, big dog. Thank you for joining us tonight. Love seeing you in the chat and everything that you bring to our conversations uh, each and every night. Uh, let me grab this one as well. Uh, we've got dark iron something. All right. Thank you. I, I It <laughs> probably is. Zach, it's probably harmless. Okay. You know, maybe that's um, engage. his name or something. But just in case. Thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate you, big dog. Uh, Michaela Israel, jumping in. Awesome to see you. She wants to know, are either of you going to be at training camp? And then she says, hi from Cooper and I, hashtag MHH for life. Really appreciate it. Uh, still trying to decide if if we want. I mean, we can get in there um, with, uh, you know, credential and stuff like that. But that doesn't get me all that excited, to be honest with you, Zach. Like, if I were to go, it would be to go hang out in the um, – crowd with people like with our listeners and broncos country like i don't know but we'll see there will be an mhh presence there it's just not confirmed yet whether zach or myself will be there yeah michaela like chad said we're working that out and we'll let you guys know obviously every step of the way but thomas hall is going to be there luke patterson i believe he said he's going to be there for another go around so if you're going out to camp with cooper uh look for one of us and we'll uh we'll see you there yes and shout out to coop you be a uh, be good boy, big dog. Uh, unique prepping in the house. What's going on? We all know who this cat is. Also a legendary, pivotal Super Chat superstar. Smouse in the house, as I like to say. Zachary Smouse. He says, just to support the two guys who let me grow into a successful YouTube influencer. Thank you for everything. Hashtag MHH for life. It's been really cool to see uh, how Zach has, has grown. It's really, really cool. Um with again, I don't want to derail everything in terms of talking about the past, but for those of you who know, who've been with us a long time, uh, he's had some limitations, some obstacles that he's had to overcome and he's overcome them. He struck out on like, a, I think Zach, his first iteration was like more of a political podcast. And then with the late great uh, Duke hashtag RIP uh, Duke Boynton, and then now he's doing this, the prepping thing, like, which is cool as well. You know, like how, whatever, whatever you can do to uh, put your dent in the universe, my friend, we love seeing it though. And thank you for the support, man. You are taking me down memory lane right now. What a great guy Duke was. What a, a tremendous loss that was to the community and to Broncos country. But in terms of Zachary, when he was on the show and talking to us, I remember him telling us his ambitions and we supported him a hundred percent. Just you kind of affirming that in the comment, Zachary, it, it means a lot to us and we're so happy we can help you along the way. And we always will. Yes. Don't stop doing what you're doing, big dog. All right. Let me just tell you that. Um, so dark iron was meant to say, uh, I was going to say, love finding this YouTube podcast. Zach, you have great takes. Chad, uh, you a goat. It's been slow, but y'all do some work covering one team is tough. Good stuff. Thank you, big dog. Really appreciate it. Um, really means the world. So thank you, bud. DID appreciate you. Um, and then look who we got here. The lady D from the top Ooh. rope. Wow. Been, thank it's, you, Deanna. It's been a minute since we've seen a bright red, uh, super chat. And yet here it comes from the lady D. Thank you so much, Deanna. Trust us when we say right where we're at here on the 10th day of July. This is very, very helpful to us. Uh, so thank you so much. Great to see you. And uh, we're looking forward to October. She says, great to catch you guys. So looking forward to the meet and greet in October. Can't wait for the season to start. I can't wait for Russell Wilson to shut people up this season. MHH for live bridge the gap. Yes. Yes. And hashtag go Broncos. Love you lady. D. so generous. Thank you so much. You're helping us keep the lights on. I, <laughs> I say it every podcast, but like Chad and I off camera so often talk about how, how blessed we are 
and how appreciative we are of each and every person, each and every comment, each and every interaction. It starts with you, Deanna, and like you know, Chad, just supporting Chad's band and supporting the Broncos on the podcast at the same time. Uh, you truly are a saint. We definitely appreciate every second of it. Exactly. You know, bridge the gap is um, something I do for fun to blow off steam. It just so happens that. You know, it's it's something I did a lot when I was in college, like college age. That's what I did. Like, that was what I made my mission was to try and, and make that my thing um, and then put it down because it's really hard to make that your thing unless you're, you know, Justin Timberlake. And so now that uh, we're all grown up and doing our thing, we're like, hey, let's get together and get the old band back together like the freaking Blues Brothers. We're putting the band back together. And it's been fun. It's uh, it's been really cool to see how many of the people of MHH have supported it. And Lady D, you're right at the very top. So thank you so much for that. And all of you who either have streamed my record, who have uh, purchased LPs and hats and T-shirts and all that, seriously stoked. Uh, we're going to be announcing a little mini tour here soon. And just a mini one, just for fun, around the Rockies area and the desert. So like West, Western, like... From Colorado to say Arizona, Nevada, Nevada, Utah-ish, maybe Idaho. So just a little circle in between before things get crazy for us with the season. So if you're in those circles, stay tuned for that. But Lady D, love you so much. And look who else it is, Zach, the GLP, another pivotal figure, a swashbuckler. This guy goes hard. We saw it, Zach, with our <laughs> own eyes in Denver. We did. Uh, so great to see you, Gary. He says, hi, Chad, Zach, and Dylan. Love this pod. MHH for life. Denver Bronx for life. Buck them. We love you too, Gary. Thank you, Gary. As always, man. Gary goes hard. Um, and look, Michaela's saying, what happened to my super chat? Um, I'm not seeing I haven't anything. seen anything, yeah. Yeah. This is This is weird. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, I'll check. Let me, let me, let me, um, find something we can riff off. Oh, I, I think I got it. This one. Where was that? Why aren't I seeing that? It was like in the middle. Sorry, Michaela. I guess it was Barry with all the other comments. 1999 super as always, definitely appreciate you. The Duchess for a reason. And we're so happy that we're, we're able to pull up your super on this pod, considering the, the technical issues we had last week. Michaela says mm -hmm. McLaughlin will make it even if it's just on special teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any player that's like number 49, 50, 51, 52, 53 on the final roster, they're going to have to pull double duty. They're going to have to be contributors on special teams. But McLaughlin's way more than that because he is a legitimate threat as a running back and gives the Broncos something they don't have otherwise in Samaje and and uh, Javante, and that's speed. And I think that's going to really definitely appeal to Sean Payton. He has a history, Chad, of turning like unheralded running backs or uh, lesser names into almost household names. And I think McLaughlin is the next feather in his cap. Michaela, forgive us, because you know when we see one of your super chats, it's bada bing, bada bang. For some reason, Zach, hers was not showing up in my chat, but it now shows up under starred, but it's not showing up in the actual chat chat. So that's weird. really weird. But uh, thank you for your patience. You know we love you. And I'm stoked to see this guy. Like, who knows what he could be? I'm not predicting him to be, you know, the next Philip Lindsay per se, but I think he'll be, he could be, Zach, a nice little arrow to have in the quiver because, you know, as a runner, he's got speed, he's got twitch, he's got vision, and this dude can catch passes. I mean, almost 16 yards per reception he averaged. I know, I know. It was just Youngstown State. I know it was Youngstown State, but – uh, when a player dominates his level of competition, 
and it's still in um you know whatever it is division two still if he as long as he dominates his level of competition then that's all i care about and this cat did that could he be as good and, and valuable zach as say a darren sproles was at one point to sean payton's offense in, in new orleans time will tell maybe that's like the dream for him but i see him as a guy who his floor for rookie season is practice squad and that means he'll be utilized because you know how the the rules work on the ps nowadays you can roster 16 guys instead of 10 and you can elevate a guy twice i mean you can actually elevate a guy unlimited number of times throughout uh, the season on game day put him on the roster you can use him play him on game day two times though because normally zach what happened on the practice squad if you activated someone off the practice squad because you needed him your offensive line got thin so you just needed him for that day so you activate him whatever they i think that was the phrase then they'd play the game then you would actually have to waive them and expose them to the waiver wire where other teams could swoop in and claim them um and if no one claimed them then they'd go back to your practice squad all right so the new rules allow teams to actually elevate practice squad guys on game day twice without having to waive them and expose them to the waiver wire. So if you do it a third time, that's cool. You'll you'll have them. You'll be able to utilize them on that game, Zach. But you'll have to waive them, and then you risk like another team swooping in. So I think that's his floor because practice squad guys are more relied on nowadays than they ever were, just because of those rules. I think the rule was as well on the third time. Didn't you have to promote him to the fifty-three permanently from the practice Is squad? Is it? It's changed so often. I don't know. I'm just kind of talking out loud, but um, I'm, I'm going to research that. You could be right. In terms of McLaughlin, I see him as the RB3. I, I agree with Harold Jean, something he said in the comments. I don't think Tyler Beatty is going to measure up to what, what McLaughlin can offer as a dual threat running back. I don't really see Tony Jones as anything more than a one-dimensional kind of plotter and a backup. It's what he was in New Orleans. And it's I'm not saying this to you. A lot of people have said the Darren Sproles comparison. That's a lot of pressure to put on a rookie undrafted free agent. Darren Sproles was a hell of a running back. The good thing is, though, Sproles was an RB1. You're not counting on McLaughlin to be an RB1. He's going to be RB3 at best. So if you can work in a package for him, five to seven touches per game, and see what happens on any one of those touches, he can take it to the house. He has that type of ability, whereas maybe Javante coming off the injury or Piron being a more of a power guy, they don't have that. By the way, I'm wrong. You're wrong, but you're also right. You're on the right track. So I'm wrong in the sense that you can't elevate a practice squad guy unlimited. After the third time, so meaning the fourth time you were to okay. elevate a player, you have to sign them to the to the 53. So that's that is a wrinkle. So the first two times it's free, so to speak, where you, you don't even have to waive them. The third time you would have to waive them, but provided they don't uh, get claimed by another team, you sign them right back to your squad. The fourth time, if you act, if you elevate them, you also got to be like you can't elevate them without having first signed them to the fifty-three. So that's the that's the dealio. But Michaela, love you so much. Look who it is. We've met this man. He's been uh, to a MHH meet and greet at the stadium, which. Really cool, Bradley. Great to see you. He says, hey, Priest and Deacon, here I am, Charlie Brown, about to once again kick that ball Lucy is holding. Hope springs eternal. I'm counting on adults in the coaching building, but but fear all the changes. Well, one thing to uh, keep in mind is, you know, change, it, just like in life, change in the NFL is a constant. And so, you know, players are malleable to that reality. Um when it's uh, when it's constant topsy turvy, Zach, and you're going from one incompetent handler, one you know, or regime to another, it it only exacerbates all of the downside aspects of change. Right. But when it's to a hashtag extreme competent, extremely competent uh, regime like the one Sean Payton brings to Denver, I don't really worry about the, that aspect of the change. I focus, like you mentioned here, Bradley, on the adults back in the building, like. All right, you don't have to wonder if these if there's some buffoon who just can't get it right anymore uh, coaching your favorite team and, and what a lot of us, I don't want to say live for because that might be putting it a little, making it a little bit too, uh, you know, hype. But it's what we all love. It's one of our passions in life. You don't have to wonder if someone is ruining that anymore. It doesn't mean that Sean Payton Zach is just 
you know, Super Bowl every year from here on out because Sean Payton's here. But this is a team that will be, mark my words, competitively relevant so long as he's the head coach. Competitively relevant. That's amazing. I actually really like that a lot. Um, Bradley, the to your comment, what sprung to my mind was the old saying, the only thing to fear is fear itself. And I'm having problems with that, too, in terms of the Broncos. I mentioned it a few minutes ago. We've all been hyped up every season, especially last year. That was where the hype meter was at an all-time high since Peyton Manning rode off in the sunset. And we all got burned from that. So we kind of have to come back. And um, we have trust issues with the Broncos. We have PTSD. You know, we have a uh, hit dog syndrome. The thing is, though, if you're going to kick that ball that Lucy's holding, I don't think that Lucy's going to pull it out from underneath your feet this time. I do think Sean Payton will get the Broncos back to, at the very, very least, a relevant competitive point. Whether that's eight, nine, ten wins remains to be seen, but I have them as a wild card team. I have them as a double-digit win team, and I have them as long-term viable contenders so as long as Sean Payton is the head coach. He has a d demonstrated track record of success. This is not us putting all our, all our eggs in a basket of a first-time coach like a VJ, like a Vance, like a um, VJ, Vic, or Nathaniel Hackett. This is a Super Bowl-winning, 16-year experienced head coach who's done it all and knows how to do things the right way. We've already felt a difference in the way he's talked, conducted business, locked down the facility, changed the culture in a matter of months, and that is the first step. Step two is doing it on the field. And Chad and I both feel that it will be done. Look at it like this too. Sean Payton is a guy who will ensure you win the games you're supposed to win. Imagine the Broncos in these past seven years, winning those games that they were supposed to win. Sean Payton and how that would have changed and altered every season. Sean Payton's a coach that will get those wins. The wins that are there to be exactly. taken on the table that are, you know, you're supposed to win, as they say, he'll get those. Yeah. And then it's a matter of how many can you steal that you're not supposed to. And Sean is a guy like if you say there's six games on a schedule that could go either way or you're not favored in, let's just say. I'm counting on Sean to win half of them. So that's the exciting, uh, exciting aspect too of Peyton Michaela, uh, the Duchess. This is you, another Michaela. reason why another, um, another shining example of why she is the Duchess, why she is on the MHH Mount Rushmore, uh, legit, like one of the first. I would say probably Zach. We keep we we talk about because he was there first. Zeus as the first face etched. Michaela is probably right next to him, second face etched. So love you so much. She says, thank you, guys. I have a feeling that the Broncos will make people eat crow. Go Broncos, MHH, forever. I have a feeling, too. I do. And I have a feeling Russ is going to be one of those guys serving it up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, um, thank you so much, Michaela. It's, it blows us away. I mean, I feel like anybody else, if their supers were having issues, they'd say, you know, forget this. I'll, yeah. I'll do something else. Michaela just doubles down, triples down, quadruples down. Literally, thank you so, so much, Michaela. And I've said it before, and I'll repeat it again because it's nothing else really to talk about right now. I have never rooted for a team or for an athlete like Russell Wilson to get more retribution like I am this season. I literally am like giddy with excitement to see the Raiders go down in week one 
Hopefully Kansas City go down at some point this year, at least for one game. The Broncos being in the wild card mix, the Broncos clinching a wild card spot, and then people slowly, the haters, the Nick Wrights, the Adam Shines of the world, they will slowly come around. But the difference is, hardcore Broncos fans, us analysts, podcasters, whatever, we have the receipts. And I, for one, am not letting Shine and Nick Wright off the hook that easy. Can't, and it's going to be sweet to twist that knife when the time comes. Uh, Michaela, love you so much. I just want to grab this because, like you said, it's not like we have breaking news to, to to dive into. String Guy says, Chad, it's very difficult to make money in the music industry these days. Google has killed the music industry. Indeed. So Google plays a part in it nowadays, you know, just like the proliferation of social media. But it also levels the playing field and makes, like, for example, a no-name band that basically started in December, like Bridge the Gap, go from nobody having ever heard of bridge the gap to having almost 30,000 social media followers. That's what's cool. That's the plus side of, you know, modern internet. The downside is it completely killed physical music being sold. You know, like now Zach, if someone like I have an LP, a vinyl collection of music, my favorite artists and bands and stuff. And you have to go out of your way. Like you have to really want to be able to like, own the music, feel it, touch it, open up the booklet, read the lyrics, whatever. Uh, because you can have it, all this music on your phone at any given point, right? Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Back in the day, it was radio, CDs, or vinyl. Like, if you wanted to listen to music, that was the only way. So Napster, they're the ones that, that began the downfall and created basically the, the MP3 aspect. So now the way bands, I have a lot of really close friends who didn't stop playing music, who kept going with their bands and stuff that are still doing it. And they've been doing it kind of for a living, grinding that way all these years. And it's a meager living, Zach. I'll tell you, some of these bands, I'm not going to name names, but there are bands out there that people would recognize, even this group that are in like the punk rock realm, people who don't necessarily, um, they're not necessarily, um, you know, big punk rock people. Band names that you would recognize, some of those members whom I know, that they don't make as much money as you would think they would make because they don't make anything on music. The, they make their money being on tour all year long, like away from home 200 nights a year, um, getting paid at whatever the door is or to, you know whatever their fee is to play live, and then selling merch at the actual show. So T-shirts, hats, you know, maybe a little vinyl, stuff like that. So it is. If you want to make money nowadays, you have to be a band that is good enough to go on the road and good enough to draw. That's the only way. And so it's like cart before the horse, which came first, chicken or the egg. It's really difficult for bands to make artists to make money nowadays. Uh, it is. You know, I've never been so musically inclined in terms of playing an instrument, but Chad, I have a lot of admiration for what you've done and are doing uh, with your band. I, I happen to know about the the album you were putting together like, before most of the public did i'm sure your family knew but you even had your guitar with you in vegas when we covered the draft a few years ago and um to see how you've grown and how your band has grown i just have a lot of uh, respect for you and uh we all do so uh, you have Thank the support you, behind us i really appreciate it you know yes, this sir. um nick hale this is a guy it's funny we're on the same subject nick hale came to the first bridge the gap show our record release uh back in april sometime this cat was like front stage singing the words singing the lyrics this dude knew the lyrics this guy so we talked a lot at the show i got to know him a little bit uh, and turns out we're kindred spirits and more than just broncos this guy's a musician as well he says priest sorry i've missed a few shows adulting is a real thing yes it is true can confirm question why is philip Lindsay unsigned he may not be he's trying to trigger us here zach um he may not be his old explosive self but that dude is an aggressive dog i loved him I was so sad when he got traded. Well, it was he wasn't traded. He was well, all that we can get into thoughts, MHH for life. Stream bridge the gap. That's right. Stream it. Stream it. Um, so Philip Lindsay was a call a, a restricted free agent following the 2020 2021 season. 1819. Following the 2020 season, he was a college or I keep saying college restricted free agent. So the Broncos tagged him with the what you can make a decision, right, Zach? When it's a restricted free agent, you can go. All right, we're going to do it at the highest tender, which means if any other team out there wants to sign him, they have to give us a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, there and then there's two, one other in between, and then original there's round. the original round, and then no tender. Right, he got the original round tender, which just simply means that any team could sign him, 
and they wouldn't have to give up anything to the Broncos. But that correspondingly, Zach came with a much smaller guaranteed salary on the tender. So he said, thanks, but no thanks. Can you please rescind the tender so I can, because I think I can get more money than what that would pay me this year. And so George Payton said, okay. And he obliged him and he ended up signing a, a deal, a one-year deal with Houston worth about 3 million bucks. Uh, so he did make more in that one year, but he ended up, that was the beginning of the end for him because he just got spit through the NFL system and now here he languishes. But what's your answer here for Nick? Yeah, he's been a journeyman. I mean, from Houston to, I think it was Baltimore and then Miami. And then he was in the XFL last year on the Sea uh, Dragons. You're kind of preaching to the choir, Nick. Chad and I are very, very big Philip Lindsay guys, and uh, we hold him in high regard and kind of always wonder what if they committed to Philip and not brought in Mike Boone or not, you know, handed Melvin Gordon all that money back in the day. We'll never really know, but. Maybe it is the case where NFL teams view Phillip as too undersized, too, I don't want to say brittle, but, you know, he's not a three-down running back. His hands are inconsistent. He's not great in pass pro. He's explosive, and we saw that on film multiple times, but it's it's not good enough in the NFL. You have to do more than that, and uh, I don't think Phil is uh, physically capable, unfortunately. Right before the draft, he told the Broncos that uh... – Hey, I'm I'm totally open to coming back. Uh, I'm here. I'm chilling in Denver, my hometown. I'm unsigned. I'm coming from the XFL, uh, Seattle Sea Dragons. I'm here. And from what I remember covering that story, Zach, Broncos basically said, "Well, let's get let us let's get through the draft, and then maybe we'll circle back." And da da da. And there, it's been all quiet on the Western Front since then. Yeah. Of course, the Broncos did not draft a running back. But uh, they signed a couple college free agents, McLaughlin and uh, what's the other kid? Brain fart. Anyway, two guys. Um, and then he's just chilling. He's he's a guy, Zach, that I think is like the emergency phone call, maybe if if it came to that. So I don't understand it either. I really don't. He was a sensation. He was one of the Broncos, like one of the few bright spots of the post Super Bowl 50 era was the Philip Lindsay three year tear unprecedented as a college free agent an undrafted rookie not only rushes for a thousand yards with 10 touchdown total touchdowns earns a pro bowl nod as an undrafted rookie running back never been done before there had been zach undrafted rookies in the past to rush for over a thousand yards that was a thing but never to make the pro bowl out of the gates like that he set so many bronco and um nfl like unique records not that he was like the most prolific rookie rusher of all time for the Broncos. I mean, Clinton Portis, 1,500-something uh, yards rushing before him. Mike Anderson is a rookie, 1,400-something yards rushing. Bobby Humphrey back in the day was a 1,200-rookie uh, yard, yard rookie rusher, so on and so forth. So he wasn't the most prolific in terms of the stats, Zach, but he was that heart and the fact that he came from nothing. Like he had to claw fight freaking all the way to even getting on the field and then what happens? Game one, he does see the field, and he catches a freaking touchdown pass in his first NFL game against the Seahawks, if you guys can remember that. So then the next year he follows it up with, they're like, ah, it was a flash in the pan, right? Ah, uh -huh, it was a great story, but see, he suffered that wrist right at the end of his rookie year, missed the last game, couldn't play in the Pro Bowl as a result. Watch, it was a total outlier. What does he do? Comes back, grinds out another 1,000-yard season. Not as explosive as his first one because they're just he was basically the focus for defenses right. uh that 2019 season but two back-to-back thousand -back yard seasons as, to open his career as a college for, a former undrafted uh rookie it's like unbelievable and then what does john elway do he goes and throws 16 million dollars at melvin gordon that's what you call zach looking a gift horse in the mouth my triggering is intensifying right now. We're talking about Melvin Gordon. This has been uh, all over the spectrum, this podcast. Philip Lindsay's rookie year was the ultimate Hollywood movie. You couldn't even write a Hollywood script as, you know, as bombastic as uh, Philip Lindsay's season was. Colorado kid, you know, born and raised, went to Colorado, signs with the Broncos after the draft. I remember at the end of training camp, he was like the sixth string running back and he worked his way all the way up. Then he beat out. Well, then he got Terrell Davis's number, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice little touch on that. 
And then he beats out Royce Freeman and kind of overtakes him and doesn't look back. And I just recall so many times the ball was in his hand and I thought it would be a two or three yard gain. He turns it into a 20, 30, 40 yard gain or, or longer. That type of explosive running back still has not seen the field in Denver since Philip Lindsay. And that's what I'm hoping Jaleel McLaughlin could be. But in terms of Phil, I do hope someday he gets a shot. As do I. And I'm hoping it comes back. Um, that shot comes with a return to Denver. I just wanted to say one thing about that. And I'm going to grab Keith, who's been a patient, patient boy. Is Philip Lindsay, initially in a very controversial move, takes Terrell Davis's 30 jersey, right? And people go, oh, the hubris on this guy. I mean, a run because there have been other third people to wear 30 post Davis playing career because it's not a, exactly a retired number, but none that were running backs. Um, he takes it, but he did it, Zach, with full uh awareness of what he was doing. He called and he spoke and genuflected to Terrell Davis, requested his blessing and permission before. Because he understood the sim symbolism of a running back wearing 30. It's one thing for, like, say, a safety like David Bruton to wear 30. It's another thing entirely for a running back to wear it. And yet, as a no-namer, right? I mean, he had, his, he had a name in, from coming from CU, and he was a Denver star in high school. So in that sense, he had some local. But, like, in the macro meta sense, this was a no-name guy who took his hat off, picked up the phone, calls Terrell Davis, as if he's, it's almost like Babe Ruth standing at the plate and calling his shot, dude, going like this, right? Mm -hmm. Pointing to left field, knocking it to left field. It's almost like that to where he knew he was going to be meaningful enough to justify even calling and asking for permission because he could have just taken the number uh, and then who knows, he's a guy that gets cut and, no, and never becomes anything. He could be, he could have been a David Williams, for example. Oof. But instead, he calls, he bends the knee. He gives Terrell Davis his respect and props, asks for permission and blessing. Davis gives it to him, and then he goes on and becomes one of the most iconic Broncos of the new century, which is just really, really cool. Then we'll grab Keith. He always did things the right way, and I don't know when or why Broncos country turned on him. He was the biggest sensation. He was the ultimate fan favorite. I mean, if anyone watches wrestling, Philip Lindsay was way over with the with the home crowd with Broncos fans. And at some point, Melvin Gordon came along and Philip Lindsay turned to yesterday's news. But you mentioned him coming from nothing. Another cool footnote about that rookie year. <clears throat> Excuse me. When he made the Pro Bowl, he was living with his parents and it was like 5,000 bucks to get to, I believe, Orlando for the Pro Bowl. Von Miller actually put yeah. him up and gave him the money. I thought that was right. really, really um, a heartwarming story between Broncos I'm not going to say legends in Philip Lindsay's case, but at the time he certainly was on that trajectory. So rad. Keith, thank you for your patience, bro. He says, uh, maybe not Rushmore. Maybe the Ant Hill. Nah, dude. No, 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 no. We have to come up with something uh, to reflect our great Facebook um, supporters, and we will. Uh, but especially this year, Keith, you're all, you've been up there, big dog, so don't sell yourself short. With the rookies reporting, he says, Zach, uh, first for – Training camp, which I believe is the 25th. Camp Eighth. starts 28th. What'd you say? Oh, reporting's Okay. I thought you meant the oh. start of camp. So so rookies report first. I think it's the 25th. Who comes ready to take a veteran spot? Um, well, if we're talking like starting spot, because there's a few guys uh, in the class who I could see taking a veteran spot on the roster per se, but like a guy who could viably come in and be a starter day one, I look at Riley Moss, the corner. I think there are two guys that have bigger upside than him in the two guys that were picked before him, in Marvin Mims yep. and uh, Drew Sanders, I think have a bigger uh, upside. But in terms of the lay of the land, the roster math, and just kind of depth charts comparatively, their strengths and weaknesses, Riley Moss not only has the talent probably to be a starter as a rookie, but he has a little bit more of a, easy path to a starting lineup as a rookie because he would simply have to vanquish Damari Mathis. I say simply that that's minimizing it too much, but he would have to, as opposed to say knocking out like a Patrick Sertan for a job or even a Kwan Williams, who's a very tenured veteran comes in and a guy who started the last, whatever it was, we'll call it second half of the 2022 season going into his second year, 
Damari Mathis, we like him. We we think he has talent. We think he has upside. But I would not be stunned if Riley Moss came in and took his job out of camp. Like, it would not shock me at all. I mean, the beauty of this draft class is the rookies that they picked up, all of them can come in and eventually be a future starter. And I think the plan is for them to be future starters. Marvin Mims, it's a matter of when, not if. It, it, even if KJ makes the team, I still think Marvin will have more usage than KJ. You mentioned Drew Sanders. We talked about that on Thursday's pod, I believe you and I did. Um, could he take over for Josie Jewell? I think that's a another when, not if. That's a certainty. Maybe not by week one, but by week 17, week 18, I would not be stunned in the least if Sanders is the starter next to Singleton. Even though, you know, even a player like Jaleel McLaughlin, we've talked yeah. about him. He can come in and overtake Tony Jones, who I guess is a veteran for a starting spot. Alex Forsyth at center, a seventh round pick. He can come in and with a really good training camp in preseason, maybe he pushes Cushenberry out of the starting lineup. We're going to look back on this draft class, Chad. It might not seem it now, but in two or three years, we're going to look back on this class the same way we do 2021. The Broncos got, if not day one starters, day one contributors, and it was a really good scouting job by George and Sean Payton. Well said. Drake says, uh, people smashed Metallica for arguing with Napster back in the day. Not just arguing, they sued Napster. Wonder why they were arguing, regardless of how rich they are, it was being stolen. Exactly. So here's the thing. It was easy back then for an artist to virtue signal and be like, oh, I, you know, I don't care if someone wants to listen to my download my music for free. Eh. But in reality, the vast majority of bands and artists were secretly rooting Metallica on because they understood that this is how music, this is how a big chunk of their income could go, could go bye bye. And uh, that's how it shook out. Like Metallica took all the bullets for those artists and, uh, you know, they got clowned a lot, but it was true. They were trying to stave off what became literally a music apocalypse. Now bands do not even go into this or artists expecting to make. I mean, I'm talking like general, even like some of the big rock, bigger rock bands. They didn't go into this going, oh, we're going to we're going to uh, if we get a million, we're going to get a million MP3 downloads and make two million dollars like they, they don't think that way now because of the Napster thing, which opened the door to streaming and everything else. Really, Napster's act. And Apple Music back then with the iPod changed everything. Now it's like even as a as a artist who does this for fun and, and people, I'm lucky enough where people like the music. I'm just as happy if someone says I streamed your uh, album today as I would be if I my phone dinged and I saw someone ordered an LP off the our website. Either way, I care that they're actually listening to the music. That's what matters most. If I was out there trying to make money at it, it might be different, but. Um, that's how bands survive. Now they got to go on the road. They got to go sell merch and hope to make something from the door. So a lot of changes. Yeah. And I was going to say earlier, you're doing this out of passion, not necessarily money. So that's why it kind of comes through in your music. That's why I think it's so well received because it's coming from the heart and it's coming from a place of, um, of want and not necessity. I was like 12, though, when Napster was popular, so I was a frequent purveyor, not to incriminate myself, never with Metallica, but for a 12-year-old man, um, Napster, Kazaa, LimeWire, all those peer-to-peer -peer yeah. music uh, apps or whatever, they were they were brilliant. Fully. Dude, that's a good point, though, that you bring up, because anything good and meaningful and successful that has ever happened in my life has come as a result of me doing it because it's something I loved to do, not because it's something I was trying to succeed in per se or make money at per se. MHH is a great example of that. Yeah. I, I started doing what I do, not because I was like, Ooh, I want to become like, you know, the most read Broncos website on planet earth, which is what it is now. I did it because I was just a football nerd and I had, I took great pleasure and joy in writing my thoughts down, shooting it out into the internet and seeing it come back to me with comments and people on social media and this and that. And then of course it morphed into everything that it became. Same thing with bridge. The gap is like people go, how did you get the rise against producer to produce your album? It's because if you're doing things for the right reason, the universe goes, let me open this door for you, dog. Let me open that door for you, dog. Let me do this. That's how it shakes out. So um, this maybe sounds Zach a little mystical, but that's, that's uh, a little wisdom out for you. From lived experience, okay? David, he's saying, Zach, with the super chat, thank you, Papa Bear, 12-5, and five, the 12-win season. Man, there's so many people out there that would scoff at that. They're like, come on, David. 
this is a five-win team. We're talking about them not only doubling their win total, but getting two more on top of that besides. But I'm telling you, 12 and five, I could totally I see that as a plausible outcome. Is it the probable outcome? Too soon for me to say, but I see it as plausible. Well, for that to happen, I feel like the Broncos would have to sweep Vegas, sweep the Chargers, and at least split with Kansas City. So that would be five wins. If the Broncos also beat the teams they're supposed to beat on the schedule, quote-unquote supposed to, that's another five wins. You're already at 10 in that case. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if everyone stays healthy, Russell Wilson takes a step forward, the defense is humming, why they couldn't get to 12 wins. I am not predicting that. I think that's the ceiling, just being realistic for this Broncos team. I think 9-8 and eight is the floor, 12-5 and five is the ceiling, but... We're not predicting 17 and 0 here. 12 and 5 absolutely could happen if the right criteria is met. Amen. Uh, and manifesting, yes, Nick, manifesting is real. All right, guys, look into the secret, the law of attraction. It is legit. Um, Keith says Melvin Gordon looked like the most focused player in last year's training camp, but nobody will ever talk about that. I'm How did that work out for him? I'm trying to cast my. Unless you're being back, back on training camp. I don't the only know. Time I remember, remember Melvin Gordon with focus is when he was staring down Russell Wilson on the sideline <laughs> or following, oh, or like he would be focused on not showing up to voluntary. OTA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just having fun with you, Keith. You know that. Um, don't mention Melvin Gordon around these parts, by the way, <laughs> by the way, uh, Dylan is in the house. But he is uh, recouping from a, a little bit of a shoulder injury, as he says here. So uh, give him some positive vibes so he can get through that sooner than later. Hope you're hope you're feeling better today, Dylan, than you were yesterday, my dog. So appreciate you even being with us tonight to help out. So, all right, Zach, we're at 51 minutes. I think we pretty much covered all the ground I, we wanted to. Is there anything else? Yeah, I think I saw a super from Drake that we didn't get to. Thank you. Okay, so Drake, $5 super. Thank you so much, Drake, as always. You're quickly becoming a very integral regular on the podcast, and we notice it and we appreciate that. Uh, Drake says, I've been saying it. I love the Russ Wilson-Sean Payton combo. It's ridiculous. That is a bad man. He can be an MVP talent when he's on. And it's funny that you say that, Drake, because, you know, I wrote the article. I can't even remember who said it, but... um. Recently, someone had the belief that if Sean Payton clicks with him, Russ can play MVP caliber, caliber, MVP caliber, whatever. MVP you got it. We got football. you. Yeah, I can't even talk tonight. And it's I'm not predicting MVP. I think that would be kind of far reaching, but he'll look a lot, a lot, a lot better than what we saw last year. And it was only three years ago now that Russ threw for 4,200 yards and 40, count them, 40 touchdowns. They're going to look night and day different on offense. And if they're even just 10 spots better, they're going to win three, four more games. Yeah. I like the way you put that, Drake. That is a bad man. (laughs) Uh, Amen, dude. He can be an MVP talent when he's on. Question is, how do you get Russell Wilson to be more on than he is off? you get him a bona fide guru and you know, we can't Zach necessarily trust that you give Russell Wilson what he wants and great things will happen because he wanted to be the hashtag let Russ cook guy of the drop back passer. It didn't work out. Now maybe the, the, the reason it didn't work out is he didn't have the right coaching emphasis and, and co- you know, Hackett was the wrong guy for that. But the only reason I go down this road is, He wanted Sean Payton, if you believe the rumors, he wanted the Seahawks to move on from Pete Carroll and and figure out how to get Sean Payton in Seattle. And he's eventually gotten his his wish. And so I really look forward to seeing how that relationship can um, unfold over the next few years. And I think it's going to be with a bang, to be honest with you. I think 2023 is going to be like, the rubber band effect where all of these national haters of Russ that used to be sycophantic and bow down when he was stacking double digit win seasons and pro bowls in Seattle on the reg year after year, all those same guys who now clown him, turn him into a national lampoon. It's going to be like a rubber neck dude, where it's like, like this, where they snap back going bow down to Russ, bow down to Russ. 
But when that happens, Zach, we can't let them get off the hook easy. We got to make sure they feel the pain on this one. I am not forgiving and I am not forgetting. I remember every single person. We've talked about it, you know, every podcast, pretty much all the um, Russell Wilson rhetoric. The thing is, you know, I don't know if that if Russ can be MVP, but I think he can in certain spots this season play like an MVP. He can make an MVP caliber. Bro, why can't I say that? MVP-like throw. You know, we saw it in the Seattle game, actually. I was actually watching a highlight. He, uh, the long Judy touchdown, that was a dime. We saw in the last couple weeks of the year, Russell Wilson was making more Russell Wilson-like throws. So they're going to put him in a position where Russ can be the hero of a certain game, but they're not going to put it solely on him either. That was the problem that Nathaniel Hackett found himself in. He wanted to make Russ into Aaron Rodgers. Well, Russ has never really been that. He's always played with a good supporting cast, a good defense, a good running game, and good coaching. He has all three of those factors now, so I think we'll see the old Russ cook. Well said. Well said. Um, MVP caliber. There we go. There you go. All right. Uh, (laughs) We're about to dip on out of here, and look what happens. Deanna, wow. Makes, makes my stuttering worth it. Thank you, Deanna. Three top rope super chats from the ladies of MHH tonight. Deanna throwing down two of them. The Duchess throwing down two super chats, one of which a top rope. I mean, we are very grateful and blessed. Hope you know that. Like, we appreciate you so much. Lady D, love you. Thank you. She says, Zach, gotta say, I really like when your backgrounds match. What position do you think we really still need? I hope they aren't bringing back. Uh, I hope they aren't bringing back uh, cliffhanger. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. Um, well, here's the thing. Do you want to know why not every podcast has matching backgrounds? I'll tell you why. It's a little bit of a pickle to do green screen. So you either have to uh, buy a green screen, paint your wall green, whatever. I painted my wall. If I turned off the background, you'd just see a green wall behind me. Uh, I did it the uh, Scott Kennedy way. Others uh, do it differently. Yeah, and before that, I did it a different way, too. I did this, you know, this pull-it-up thing and then all this. Um, but you actually have to, like, care about how your background looks, and you got to want it to, like, come across a certain way if it matters to you. So you got to have the green screen. You got to have good lighting. Um, and then you got to have a device, Zach, that isn't going to go all wacky if you uh, enable green screen function on StreamYard, which it can do. So – you can see by who uh, has their background the way that it is, who it matters to at MHH. Me, Zach, Scott, Tom. That's about it. Everybody else, they don't really care. And, I, and, and I'm not a dictator. I don't say everyone needs to do it this way. Here's the green screen. If they don't want it to look that way, they don't, gotta, they don't have to. If they want to just show like the room, their background in the room, that's cool too. Because like I think, Zach, there's something to be said for like the way my old background was where – you know, and you can even see, you can see the Elway helmet here. You can see these guys and little things behind me that viewers can kind of see where some of your interests are, books, whatever. There's fun in that as well, but this is cleaner look. This is much cleaner. Yeah, back in the day, I got roasted for my uh, my oh, <laughs> my empty bookshelf. So uh, those were good times at MHH Cannon. Uh, Deanna, though, getting back to your question about what the Broncos still need, I don't know who you're referencing here, but I think they still need a center to compete with Cushenberry. I don't trust a seventh-round rookie, nor do I trust a career backup in Kyle Fuller. Uh, defensive end as well, what are you doing there? Jonathan Harris or Matt Henningsen right now would be the starter, or you move DJ Jones off of DT and put him at DN. That's not ideal. So one of those two positions, you know, Scott and I talked about it, that it's a certainty I feel they're going to sign a couple bodies during or after training camp, and I think center or defensive end will, will be one of those. Indeed. Um, yeah, I can't I can't uh, really add anything to what you said there. I'm in perfect agreement. But Zach, we're button up the one out uh, button up against the one hour yeah. mark. So we got to say goodbye. Uh, yes. One last thing real quick. String guy. See, he would pay attention to like my amps and probably the guitars that were in the background of my old setup. That's what's one of the cool things. Like when you can see your favorite podcaster or streamer, what's in their background, like there is some some coolness to that. But I like the cleaner look. Uh, but yeah, I've got a nice little amp collection string guy. Um, we'll have to talk about it sometime. But thank you guys. We're gonna 
part with some messages. Don't leave quite yet. Yeah, that was another tremendous episode of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod, uh, the main account on Twitter, the mothership account at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen. I'm at Kelberman NFL. And don't forget our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, bucket merch, hats, shirts, anything you can fancy, it's at MHHmerch.com. Check that out. If you're not doing so, give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod. Follow us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle and give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, please, 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 please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm a Marshall guy. I'm a Marshall and EVH 5150 guy. So for what it's worth, I have a couple of boogies, but they're not my favorite. I do like them though. Love and respect and massive appreciation to the great super chat superstars and supporters throwing down tonight to, to keep the lights on here at MHH Central. David McElrath, Troy, uh, Zeus, the Duchess, Michaela Parker, Lady D, Deanna Hendry. Um, we got Dark Iron. Great to see you. Appreciate you. Connect on Twitter, by the way. Uh, Michaela Israel. Also see the ladies of MHH throwing down. Uh, Zachary Smouse in the house, a.k.a. Unique Prepping. Uh, Bradley. B.D. Dutton, the bus driver, as he used to uh, be known. Uh, Gary, love you, big dog, the swashbuckler. Drake, appreciate you, my dog. Uh, and then, of course, Keith and Michael on Facebook. Much love and respect. If I missed any, if we missed anybody tonight on Facebook, forgive us. We don't have Scott with us to make sure we, we don't miss anything. That happens every once in a while when Scott can't make it. So if we did miss you, we'll make it up to you. Have a great start to your week. Chad and I will see you Thursday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. That happens every once in a while when Scott can't make it. So if we did miss you, we'll make it up to you. Have a great start to your week. Chad and I will see you Thursday night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.